don't look up, don't look up, four more years, four more years, yeah, similar, and you could say that Netflix's own rather good movie, Don't Look Up, has, um, as its base, a comic coming to earth, and some people not believing it, and some people not wanting to care about it, and some people not wanting to, to do the, to be bothered with looking at it, and some people who know about it, but want to save their own skins, jobs, lives, and money. But actually, it's about Guy Debord and spectacle. Now, Guy Debord was a philosopher, French philosopher, who wrote a book in 1968, which was, um, it was called the uh, La Société du Spectacle, Society of the Spectacle. And what it does is it says that this, I mean, this is a very surface view of it, but it kind of takes you away from the life you're living through sort of capitalist-driven stuff. So advertising, television, film, celebrity. It's a bit of what The Matrix did. You know, we're living in a kind of other world and there's something behind it. There isn't anything behind it. It's worse than we actually think. I mean, if you want to have a look at this as well, in documentary form, have a look at Adam Curtis's documentaries. Century of the Self's a good one for that. And I think that's what this film is about. The plot is that Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence are two scientists. Him, a well-established scientist, who's not been published for a while, works at the University of Michigan, and her, a PhD sort of intern, um, find that there's a comet coming to Earth, which is a big comet and will have a life ending outcome. We're all gonna die. Unless we do something about it. They are, strangely, taken seriously. After sitting for a day in the um, in the White House, they then meet the president, played by Meryl Streep, who's actually not doing loads of work this time. She's actually doing a a, quite a light performance. She's the the president, Janie Orlean, who um who has a, who has been, I suppose, there's a combination of different things because you see pictures of her with Hillary Clinton and you know, but she seems to be courting both left and right. We're not sure whether she's left or right. At one point Jennifer Lawrence says I'm not the kind of, you know, your politics wouldn't be my politics. So you think she's kind of probably right would, but we don't know. What we do know is that she's been brought in here. She's been elected through spectacle, through media. As she said, she was a smoker. She is a smoker who tried to stop smoking on the campaign trail. And she thought, you know what? I'm just going to light up. And when she did that and said she was going to do that, her polls went up. So anyway, they're going to do something about this. And they're going to, um, first of all, they're going to sit on, sit on the information and have their own people look at it. In the meantime, Leonardo and and, and Jennifer, Randall Mindy and Kate, Kate Dibiansky, Kate Dibiaski, should I say, along with 
um, someone who actually uh, believed them, who uh, who worked for the government, and that would be uh, Dr. Teddy Ogle, is um, played by Rob Morgan. Talk about to the media about this situation. They go on TV and talk about it. They get the word out there. And finally, just when we think they're being arrested by the Secret Service and they're going to be incarcerated, they're taken to the White House who say, we've got this verified, we agree. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go and nuke it. That would be great. But in the middle of that, uh, rockets flying and Ron Perlman as a gung-ho pilot who's going to, he's not going to come back. The rockets abort. Why do they do that? Because of Peter Isherwell, who is a social media scion, played by Mike Rylance, with a kind of otherworldly view of, and, and a set of lovely varnished and burnished teeth. And with a kind of sort of high voice that is otherworldly too. Peter is a billionaire who has a new phone coming out which has so many algorithms that they know about you. They know about what you've done. They know about who you are. At one point he says to um, to Randall Mindy, I knew you, you know, you, you got this amount of colon polyps. I know you had them seen to and you know, they're, and you've got five at the moment and they're not dangerous, but have a look at that. But we know these things about you. He wants, he's got the ear of the president because he's a rich bloke. And he wants, with his technology, robots that can attach themselves to the asteroid, the comet, and put bombs in there to explode it. He thinks that you can break it up into smaller, smaller pieces and then you can mine the minerals that are on there to make more mobile phones because we're running out of those minerals to make more mobile phones. That's what the president wants. Whether that works or not, I'm not going to spoil this. But people do realise the imminent danger they're in eventually. What this film is actually about is, as I say, the spectacle. So Randall Mindy is brought on to a, uh, a sort of afternoon show which is um, one of the, the presenters of which is uh, Brie Avanti, played by Kate Blanchett, with her kind of um, both hard-assed and sort of willowy performance that she does so well. And although Kate on that programme goes off on one, and then there's a meme all over the place, including, and her boyfriend uh, chucks her and writes articles, yes, I slept with her, you know, these, because he's got a social media platform. There are memes doing the, going round about, you know, her losing it and all of that and people calling her evil and her being in a terrible situation in social media. Randall is thought of as being the good-looking scientist. And he starts a relationship with Brie and he gets close to the president. And it's all about decisions you make. As Peter Isherwell tells him, you have these high-flown 
views, but you, you're always running to pleasure. And oh, he's married and he's got kids. That is, and his wife finds out that is what he does. And he's brought into this situation with the president because you can't have the penny and the bun. If you are going to push that social media, if you are going to be on the front of magazines, and bear in mind that when the, the president first says, we're going to go and nuke this thing, both he and Kate are the poster children for that. And there can be no more example of spectacle as when it is announced on, um, on a ship, a huge destroyer ship, with all the lights and the sound and the helicopters by the president. The spectacle you want. So they both buy into it. When that doesn't work, Randall continues. He continues. He continues on the drug of spectacle. He continues the relationship. He continues talking to the president, even though he realises, really, that Peter Ishuel's plan of putting robots on there and putting bombs into that asteroid probably won't work. It's been peer-reviewed and shown that it probably won't work. But he can't get off the pipe. He can't get off the addiction of spectacle. Kate goes to work in a 7-Eleven where she meets Yule, played by Timothy Chalamet, with a, a, a very, I like his work very much, um, a really kind of belief system. You know, he believes in, uh, in, in a deity. He believes in God. He's a gentle soul. So on the one side, you have the spectacle of... Um, of the White House and the Parliament. And you couldn't have that without, I suppose, the situation with Trump. You know, you've got someone who is involved in spectacle. If you look at the headlines, and this is all fake news, if they're not the headlines we want, if you announce something on social media, you don't need to follow it up. We announce a billion pounds for the NHS, a billion pounds for our military. Well, what are the details of that? I don't need to give you any because it's already trending on social media. So it's already happened. If it doesn't happen down the line, doesn't matter. Just announcing it means it happened. That's part of the spectacle here. And it's not surprising that you've got Janie Orlean and Jason, who I think is her son, played by Jonah Hill, with a, a kind of understanding of social media, an understanding of reality TV, but no understanding of politics. And that's, you know, by a lot of accounts, what happened in the Trump presidency, there were loads of people who didn't understand how the White House worked, but they did understand how media worked. On the other side of that, you've got Ariana, Ariana Grande playing Riley Bino, who's, um, you know, a singing star and, and shallow, shallow as a puddle, as far as the character goes, but really keen to attach herself to causes. This is all the spectacle. There's constant looking at phones here. Constant, everything is done through other media. People do not look up. They do not look up at the, star, at the sky. They don't look up at the stars because everything is filtered through another eye on the world. Their phone or their TV. 
or their tablet. There are constant views of the phone and the TV, the tablet, the different eyes on the world, filtered by someone else. And eventually, when you finally see, when they finally see that the comet is getting closer and you can see it, and Randall gets out of his car and says, it's here. Everyone else gets out of their car and suddenly looks up. Which makes the government, who are keen to push Peter Ishuel's idea, start the don't look up movement. And people don't. Until it's too late to do anything. And they do look up and they can't avoid what their eyes see. So it is about not actually connecting with anything. Actually looking at your phone. Actually looking at your television. Not looking out of the window. And certainly not looking up at the stars. Not looking up at what the situation is. And it's strange that eventually Randall comes, he gets back together with his wife, and that's a spoiler, sorry. And they want to have a dinner together. Because it could be their last one. And what they are doing is not talking about their impending doom. Even they, at the end of their situations, are avoiding things. Even they are taking part in the spectacle. This film links to um, Idiocracy. I think it's a Mike Judge movie quite a few years ago now. In which idiocy and willful stupidity is celebrated in the world. It's an alternative universe. It links to that, but it's, that's a comedy. This is far more serious. And actually, it, it saddened me and upset me greatly, this movie. I mean, it's not a comedy. And it has... It has a constant feel that... A constant frenetic feel. It never comes off that feel. There is always a feel that a lot is at stake here and this is really heightened. Having said that, it's a really entertaining movie as well. Some of the graphics, some of the the the, the way it takes you out of the situation and shows you the um, shows you the um, the logos of different government government uh, departments and uh, explains who's who and just takes you out of the action and that as well is part of the spectacle too you know that does give you some of that Guy Debord spectacle stuff the whole film is a spectacle things are happening and you are watching TV you are watching a movie telling you things are happening and you can avoid it because there isn't a comic coming to earth no but a lot of other stuff's happening that you're watching through your window on the world, your TV, whatever news channel you choose, whatever news channel you decide that chimes with your worldview and then is bolstered by your algorithms, you're not looking up and neither am I. None of us are. This movie doesn't ask us to look up. But you know, at some point, we really should... Ta-ta.